previously on Writing in Real Life. Mulder, it's me. Use the force, Luke. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. This is Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, parenthood, and marriage. I'm Barry Liga. And I'm Morgan Baden. Let's get started. So, here we are again, looking at each other across a microphone stand. It's been a long time, Barry. It's been a long damn time. Really? How long has it been? Do you know? What's it been? About a year? Almost almost a year exactly. June 29th, 2018. We posted our last episode. Wow. And that was our 101st episode, yes, right? Yes, 101. Well, welcome to 102. <laughs> it took a while, but we got here. We're back. We plan to be back. We do. Uh, every other week at first. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on how things go, we might go, ba- might go back to weekly. We'll see. I say let's do it. All right. Listen, neither of us works. We this have is true. no excuses. There are that is something we should talk about. <laughs> there this episode is going to be sort of a catch up to uh, let everybody know what's happened in the last year. A lot has changed for the two of us uh-huh. uh, and our little family. And uh, we're gonna fill you in on all the aspects of writing, publishing, parenthood, and marriage. And uh, and then starting with the next episode, we'll be back into our normal rhythm. But uh, go ahead, you've got some big news. I have some pretty big news, which is as of about five weeks ago, I am a full-time writer. <gasps> Yay! <laughs> Insert applause. Um, yeah, I. so those of you who know us in real life, <laughs> um, some of you know that this has been a, a topic that Barry and I have been discussing for quite a long time. Um, just amongst each other, we've been talking about at what point if at all, would I sort of step away from my career and focus on writing um, and see where that could take me. And all last year, all of 2018, I was doing a lot of thinking. Um, Barry, to your credit, you've been such a great support throughout this. Um, you, You guys should know, you listeners should know that this is like Barry's dream. Barry really wants, wants slash wanted me to do this, um, but ne- but never pushed me, never never forced me into a conversation about it. Clearly, was taking letting me take the lead about when I thought I would be ready for this. It's best when you let the puppets think they pull their own <laughs> strings. So, can you talk a little bit about how you got to this point? Because I had, you know, as you say, this had been in my mind for a while. Mostly because I was tired of doing the housework. Um, <laughs> Please. And um, so this had been in my my mind for a while. And as you say, like I, I wasn't trying to push you or anything, but it, it's definitely something I wanted. But how did you come to mm-hmm. this decision to leave what was a, a good job, a well-paying job, mm-hmm. most importantly, and a job with a regular paycheck and health insurance right? and make the decision, the, the dramatically irresponsible decision to quit that job <laughs> And throw yourself on the flames of freelance writing. I'd like to say that the answer is Trump. (laughs) (laughs) 
No. Um, in Can a way, I kind of. Not talk I know, I know, about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, I know. In a way, it kind of is because I was like, oh, life is really short and chaotic. Um, and the planet is probably not going to be around much longer. So I should live out my dreams. No, but in reality, yes, this had always felt like a very sort of far off in the future kind of plan for us. A lot of things changed in the year 2018. My work situation changed a little bit. Um, I took on a lot more responsibility, which on the one hand was really great. On the other hand, um, being a VP level while you're also writing and also parenting two children uh, and also trying to stay sane is really a recipe for burnout. And commuting. <laughs> commuting. I mean, the, the oh, commute my God. was a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and And yeah, just sort of it started to feel a little bit closer and a little bit more possible. Um, and then honestly, I went away for a, a weekend retreat in December with a few other women, none of whom I knew. Uh, there was this great organization called the upside that was hosting it. I applied, I was accepted and I had such a great weekend and it was really all about, um, visualizing and sort of concepting your, your vision like clarifying what it is that you see for yourself in the year ahead and then sort of finding the confidence to get there. And I left that weekend thinking, oh, okay, I'm, I'm really doing this. Like I'm ready yeah. now. And a lot of it was about figuring out how to divorce myself from the brand that I had worked at for 11 and a half years. I love my time at Scholastic. I love that brand. Obviously I got to work on the most amazing children's brands from Harry Potter to the Babysitter's Club and everything in between. Um, and that's a big part of my identity. And it was really this sort of like untangling of, well, how can I leave this place when this place is such a big part of who I am? Right. Who am I without it? Not to get a little dramatic there, but... Well, and you also, you know, I remember we had a discussion where you talked about where you could be going yeah. Scholastic, yep. you know, what was next for you, promotions and things like that. And, you know, what you would be able to achieve and accomplish and, and how, how amazing it would be to be at such and such a level at your age and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. And you had to walk away from that possibility yeah. and those potentials yeah. in order to do, to do this. this. Yeah. Which is a really scary thing. Sure. But at the same time, a thrilling possibility. Right. So it was also this weird, um, this weird time for a few months there where we had made the decision that I would be leaving, but I wasn't telling anyone yet. And I was definitely not telling my job yet because it was too early. Um, and that was a really weird position to be in too, because, uh, I was ready for it, but logistically not, and couldn't be because I still had a, a job to do and, and do well. So, um, so yeah, it's been a, a sort of long road to get here. And then, um, I had a long phase out. I had about six weeks, um, between right. giving notice and then actually leaving, including, what was it? Four weeks of, no, it was longer than that. I don't know. I had several weeks of part-time, which was a really nice transition, um, before I left fully. And I've got to say it's been about five, five and a half weeks now that I've been gone fully. And the first three weeks, I just felt like I was on vacation. Right, right. You, you, you told me that you just felt like, like you had just taken some time off yeah, from work. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't until last week that it started to hit me that this was actually a real thing. And the reason, I would say, um, that it started to hit me is because you and I went to BookCon. Ah, 
for our very first joint Let's book talk signing. About that. Yeah. Let's talk about it. So BookCon. BookCon was amazing. It was so uh, it was, fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and it was your first signing. It was my very first book signing. It was my 427th. <laughs> um, we should remind listeners and alert any new listeners. The reason we had a joint book signing is because we have a joint book coming yes, out. Yes, yes, we do. The Hive coming out September 3rd, 2019 at a bookstore near you. Mark your calendars. Definitely. Please, please mark your calendars. Please, <laughs> please buy the book, people. Yeah. Um, but we, we signed advanced copies mm-hmm. of The Hive at BookCon. Um, Can we talk a bit about that day? Because it was I, super... I, yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely. Because I think, you know, again, I've done a lot of signings. Right. And I've done BookCon signings. And so, um, you know, but it, it was... And I, and I admit that I can be jaded about these sometimes. You because, can? Oh, go uh-huh. figure, right? Um, but it was really exciting to see it through your eyes. <laughs> and I am so glad that it went well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was exciting. So BookCon, for those of you who aren't super familiar, is um, happens the weekend over Book Expo, which is the largest book conference in North America. Um, and a super fun experience. I've been there um, for multiple years on as part of my job, my other job. Um, so I was super, of course, familiar with what Book Expo and BookCon looked like and operated like and felt like. But then to be there on the other side and to be an author who had a signing in a booth um, was really dif- different and special. And and there's your picture and your name and your yeah. book cover like on the, on the wall. Yeah. yeah. So it was really cool. My favorite part was... We got there a little bit early, um, and we were just sort of walking the floor a bit. And you went over to the Hachette booth, which is where we were signing. And I stopped by the restroom. And as I was waiting in line for the restroom, because ladies, you know, that's what we do. um, I was checking my Instagram, and I saw that our publisher, KCP Loft, had tweeted or had Instagrammed um, a video of the line of people waiting for our signing. And... That like you could, I mean, I almost fell over. Like I did, it did not even, did not even occur to me that there might be a line. I had not expected there to be a line. Yeah. To be honest with you, um, when they told me there's a line, I thought, oh, like okay, they somehow got like five people right. to stand there and wait for us. And this was a line. This this line, you know, was easily twenty five to thirty minutes before we got yes. there. So yeah. these people were these people were, they were committed. Up. They were they were waiting. Um, and it was cute because I, t- I texted you yeah. and said, oh, my God, there's a line. I just saw a video. Right. And you said, I know I wanted to surprise you when you got to the booth, <laughs> which was very cute. Yeah. So, so that was interesting. And, um, you know, again, I, I figured, okay, it's going to be a, a short line. We sat down. Our signing started at 1, one o'clock and was scheduled to go for an hour. And we sat down and we signed books and did not pause. For a full 50 minutes. Five zero. Five zero. We constantly signed. Uh, we signed 200 copies of the book, which is all the copies they brought. Uh-huh. So that's great. And everybody seemed happy and people seemed very excited. Um, I were- want to say it was really cute. The, uh, the people who came up who were so excited to meet you uh-huh. and or who had met you before and were like, you know, so sort of eager for that connection from yeah. you. Like... 
hey, remember me? And and, and, and the, the cool thing is I do. Of course, I mean, like, yeah. You know, there, there are certain people that you see enough or that make an impression that you remember them. Yeah. At, at the, you know, like I couldn't tell you their names a lot of times uh-huh. um, because I'm not particularly good at matching names to faces, yeah. but I recognize them immediately. Um, and uh, so that was cool. But I, I, I was about to say that to me what was interesting was it was a nice mix of people who came to the signing. Yeah. Yes, there were Barry Liga fans, but there were also people who didn't know who I was, didn't know who you were, and they just had heard about this book uh-huh. and just wanted to get a copy mm-hmm. of it. And that's really cool because that's the name of the game yep. is, is reaching out to new people. Uh, there was one woman in particular who heard about the book on Twitter via a Jennifer Beals fan site. Yeah. And she's a, clearly a big Jennifer Beals fan yep. and literally wrote on a post-it note, Jennifer Beals sent me, yep. which was very cute. Yeah. So it was a blast. It was, it was really Thank great. you to everyone who came and stood in line and chatted with us. The first of many, we hope. Definitely. Yeah. So BookCon was the, the first time where you felt like it was real. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's felt real for me from the beginning because my life has changed dramatically because I don't have the house to myself anymore. That's right. During the day. It used to be all mine. I could run around in my underwear do whatever I wanted. Leave your chicken wing Leave bones chicken wing all bones over. everywhere, empty beer cans. And as long as it was cleaned up before you came yeah. home, you were none the wiser. <laughs> and now, like, you're here. Yeah. All the time. I am here all the time. You're here all the time, Morgan. But let's clarify some things. Go ahead. This is not our minuscule apartment in Brooklyn. Uh, this would not be happening. No, it would not. our apartment in Brooklyn. Certainly not. Um... Barry's office, for those of you listening, is on the first floor. Like basically, right when you come into the house, it's like right uh-huh, there there's on your a door left. to the yeah. left. My office is in the on the third floor. The attic. The attic, um, which is also our guest room. It's also coincidentally or not my favorite space in the house. Well, and also I just have to point out that when I told our agent <laughs> that you worked up in the attic, she <laughs> was there was horrified. a pause on the phone, and then she was horrified. She was like. Can, can she stand up? Like she was picturing like this crawl space, you know? And I'm like, no, it's like an actual like it's finished room. room. Yeah. Like it's, it's fine. And it has beautiful views yeah, of the mountains. Yeah. She was, and... she was very, very horrified on your behalf. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think she thought I was locking it like a Victorian aunt right. up in the attic. Yes. You know? yeah. um, so that's been interesting. We get, you and I get a lot of questions about, wait, so you're both at home all day? Right. How do you survive? These are from people who must have miserable marriages. <laughs> Well, I think it's a fair question because I don't know. I mean, I, I do think that there are spouses who can work together and spouses who can't. Yeah. Um, and one is not better or worse than the other. But I do think, like, I en- A, I enjoy my home. I'm a cancer. Like, that means I like my home and I'm a homebody. And guys, Barry is rolling his eyes at me as I speak. But listen, he's a Virgo, so that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I'm kidding. And also not kidding. So there you go. Um but it's, it's, you know, we bought this house three years ago this month. Yep. And I love it here. And for the past three years, I've been on a freaking train to Manhattan instead of in my house. And so it's really nice yeah. to be here in my house. I will say one thing that has changed significantly is the amount of times that we run our dishwasher. <laughs> this is true. Now this that we're true. both home, we both cook breakfast and lunch here. And then, of course, dinner. Oh my God, we're just going through dishes like crazy. It is, yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that's true. The dishwasher runs like every day, pretty much. Can you talk a little bit, Barry, about how it's changed for you in terms of like childcare? 
Oh my God. It's such a change. I mean, it used to be that we would have to, I mean, the, the biggest, well, one of the biggest things is, you know, the beginning of my day every day was a stressor for me. Mm-hmm. It was a race. Every morning, we had to be out the door at 7.45 a.m. exactly. Mm-hmm. 7.46 was no good. Right. 7.46 meant that we missed getting you to the 8 o'clock train. Yes. And if I miss the 8 o'clock train, there's no tra- other train until 8.30. Yeah. And that is a long time to wait. Yeah. Um, so you needed to be at work, and you had to hit that 8 o'clock train. Yeah. And so we had to have the kids ready and out the door drop you off, and then I would take them to daycare after dropping you mm-hmm. off and then come home and, and commence the chicken wings and beer. <laughs> um, now that you don't have to hit that 8 o'clock train, nope. mornings are relaxed. Like Guys, we're like sleeping in. Yeah, I mean. Till like 7.08. 7.08, occasionally 7.09. Mm-hmm. I think one day 7.10. Yep. Uh, so Those of you with little kids no. are nodding in agreement <laughs> yeah, that that, that indeed means sleeping in. That, that is glorious sleeping mm-hmm. in. Um, to me, the, the, the difference is not so much about those extra 20 minutes of sleep, yeah. which don't get me wrong. They're great. They're awesome. Uh-huh. To me, it's about waking up and knowing I don't have to leap out of bed yeah. and immediately plunge into forcing the kids into their clothes you know, they, you know, if, if our daughter decides she wants to watch five minutes of a cartoon, I don't have to argue with her to get her out the door. I yeah. can say, eh, watch five minutes of a cartoon. What do I care? Yeah. Like if we're five minutes late to daycare, who cares? Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing where we're, we're sort of in this sweet spot because we call it school, but they're not in school. Like it's just daycare. Yeah. It's daycare. Yeah. So they're not missing class, right. you know, if we are five minutes late or whatever. So the mornings have gotten the, so very the, nice. Yeah. The mornings are much less stressful. Plus, there were times where we'd drop you off at the train station and then the kids would lose it because they wanted mommy around and mommy was gone now. And so I would have a very pleasant, you know, five to ten minute drive to daycare with two screaming kids in the back seat. And then I would have to drag them out of the car and get them into daycare while they're screaming. Yeah. Um, And that was always fun. That doesn't happen anymore. Um, And then the big thing is that there were always a couple hours at the end of each day where it was just me and the kids. Right. And, um, waiting for me to come home, Yeah, waiting for you to come home, which frankly, sometimes on that New Jersey transit train just did not happen. There were times where you were very late. There were times where you didn't get home before they got to bed. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was difficult because, you know, in the, our, our kids are of ages where, um, they can both be needy in different ways <laughs> yeah. at the same time yeah. and in mutually contradictory ways. <laughs> so I would have to choose which one I'm going to mollify yeah. in any particular moment. And the other one would just have to freak out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that always made me feel great. Yeah. Um, so I just picked the one I love the most. Um, <laughs> which changes every day. Which changes by the minute. Yes. Um, but, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, you know, for better or for worse, I usually had to pick our son because he was smaller. I yeah. mean, for a, a lot of times he needed a bottle or yeah. he needed his diaper changed and our daughter would just have to sort of sit there and deal with it. Um, and, and that felt bad and that was very stressful for me and difficult for me. Um, and now that's not a thing anymore. Those hours now, it's all of us. It's family time. Yeah. You know, we, we knock off at four o'clock and we go get the kids and it's mm-hmm. family time. It's all, an extra two and a half hours per day minimum that I get with them. Yeah. Which really adds up and yeah. really makes a difference. And, um, is like, I mean, not to sound cheesy. 
but I like our kids. So it feels really <laughs> good to see them and hang out with them more often. They're, they're, they're not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so things have changed. Yeah, th- things have changed. And, you know, e- even little things like, you know, I, I will, all joking aside, I will turn around and realize, oh, she did the laundry. Right, yeah, And, yeah, and yeah. for the first few weeks, that was difficult for me, actually, because I'm like, <laughs> no, I do the laundry. Why is she doing the laundry? Why, uh-huh. why is she encroaching on my territory? Yeah. Uh, but I've come to like the fact yeah. that there's somebody else who helps do the laundry. It's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and emptying the dishwasher and, uh-huh. and, and all that stuff that I yeah. used to take time out to do, do during the day, we, you know, gets, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it gets split up now and it's great. Yeah. Um, and because we are, you know, there's two stories between us, mm-hmm. you go into your office, I go into my office and we just get work done. Yeah. And I you forget know, you're here sometimes. We, we work from, you know, 8.30 in the morning until sometime afternoon. And then yeah. we get together and sometimes we'll have lunch together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not. Yeah. You know. this In this beautiful weather, I've now been able to go for a run every yeah. day, um, which usually in good weather I had to do um, early mornings before you, the kids woke up. You would wake up. up at like 5 in the I'd morning I'd wake up at 5 something. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Um, and now I can just like go at noon, which is... All in peop- some ways, really great. And all in the other people ways, out like, there, yeah. all the people out there are working jobby jobs right they now. Hate They've us. already deleted the podcast, <laughs> unsubscribed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it is weird to like not, I don't know, it, just in terms of financially, like sometimes I'm like, oh, I want to grab my laptop and go knock out a few chapters at the coffee shop. And I'm like, but I shouldn't spend money on coffee. Right. So that now is also factored into my thinking, which is, uh, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Right. <laughs> Very, you know, I'm lucky to say that. So, um, but yeah, some things have changed. Some things have not changed. Barry's still writing those flashbooks. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Talk about what you're working on. Uh, and have been working on for the past year and what's been happening. Yeah. I mean, I've got... Um, it, it, I feel like I'm just repeating what we've talked about in the past. I'm, <laughs> I'm writing a ton of books. Um, I've got three more flash books. Yeah. The first trilogy apparently went over very well and, uh, folks were happy with what I did. So the people at the studio asked if I would do three more uh-huh. and I said, sure. Uh-huh. Um, and this time they want me to use all the characters from all the superhero shows. So cool. So I'm getting to do that. Can uh, you, um, run through what those shows are again? Sure. I mean, The Flash is the the central show that I I work off of. And then there is uh, Arrow, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow. So I'm doing three more books. And in each book, Flash teams up with one of those Mm -hmm. people. And it all ties together into one big story we're calling Crossover Crisis. And it's a lot of fun. And I'm doing some stuff in there that, quite frankly, I cannot believe they're letting me do. (laughs) And I'm sort of nervous that... They're going to call any minute now and go, wait, 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 wait. We, we, we weren't thinking. We no, were not reading it. closely yeah, enough. We weren't reading closely <laughs> enough. We can't, we can't believe we let you do that. Uh, so the first book is called Green Arrow's Perfect Shot, and that comes out in August. And Entertainment Weekly revealed the cover to that yeah, recently. That cool. So we'll throw a link in show notes. Yeah, that was very cool. It, they, they treated me nicely. Um, and they also uh, ran an excerpt, actually. Yeah. They had, a, they had an excerpt, which was fun. Um, so, so there's that. Um, I... I believe uh, we mentioned previously that I have I finally sold uh, the the book of my life uh, my something I've been working on for at this point technically ten years but really all the way back to college wow. uh, a book called Unedited 
which will be coming out in June of 2020 from Soho Press. Uh, more on that as we get closer. And a that's, lot more. There's a lot to talk there's about a lot there. To th- actually, uh, it's you all in the book. You don't want to. It's yeah. all in the book. People should just read the book. <laughs> the book's about a thousand pages long. Uh, but don't get scared. Uh, no, be, be frightened. Be very frightened. Because <laughs> if you drop it, you could you could hurt yourself. It's like it hits your foot. Um, so yeah, that's happening, which I truly had despaired of ever finding a publisher insane enough to publish this book. Yeah. Uh, because it's long and it's crazy. And have I mentioned it's long? And Dan Aronhaft at Soho read it and said, I think it should be longer and crazier. <laughs> and I was like, I love you. <laughs> so... We are we're doing that, and uh, I just sold a book to uh, to my friends at Little Brown, mm-hmm. which uh, I won't talk about yet because uh, haven't signed announced. the contract, yeah. hasn't been announced, but we'll talk about it soon. So I've got a lot that I'm you know I will by the end of this year have written four books, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's some other stuff that I'm noodling around with that may or may not happen, uh, but probably the single coolest thing that has happened to me since. Um, we last spoke. Since we last spoke. Other than my wife quitting her job and, <laughs> and being home every day. Is that I got to read the screenplay for the Korean version of the I Hunt Killers movie. And it is amazing. I absolutely, absolutely love it. Okay. So back up. Yeah. Because you just sort of dropped in some major news here. <laughs> I had mentioned, I had announced a while back that there was a chance there would be a movie version of I Hunt Killers made in Korea. Uh-huh. Uh, I had blogged about it. Um, and at the time, you know, we had signed a contract, but but that was it. And I sign a lot of contracts and things yeah. don't always happen. Um, I still can't say for certain this movie is going to happen. But it has gotten to the point that they hired somebody to adapt the book, and that person wrote a screenplay, yeah. and she knocked it out of the park. That's so cool. Interesting fact. Uh, most screenwriters in Korea are women. No idea why, uh, but... Love it. Most screenwriters in Korea are women. And she did a fantastic job. Uh, I loved it. I read it. It was so good, and, and just so many nice touches. And the places where she deviated from the book, you know, there were, there were places where she had to because the book is very American. Right. And she was turning it into a Korean story. So there were things she had to change. And just so well done. Yeah. So well done. How so, does it feel to, I mean, is this your first time? No, it's not your first time looking at a script, someone else's script no, of your I, work. This is probably my third or fourth time. Yeah. Um, does it get easier, harder, weirder, better? You know, the, the first time I did it was when Jeremiah Chechik wrote a screenplay for Fanboy and Goth Girl. Yeah. Years and years and years ago. And it is it was a really good screenplay. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I actually reread it recently, um, just for the heck of it. And it, it still holds up. It's still good. Um, so that, that was cool. But that was really like a direct yeah. adaptation. And then there was the... Uh, the, the pilot for the I Hunt Killers TV show yeah. that never happened, where they made Jazz a girl. Fascinating. Um, I will say no more. <laughs> and, and, and this was really, you know, again, because of the cultural changes that had to be made. Yeah. 
it really like there were things that could surprise me in my own story, yeah. which I really enjoyed. The the craziest thing I remember telling you when when I first opened it and looked at it, the very first thing that threw me was of course all the names are different. Of course, because they're all Korean names, right? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't know who these characters. I don't know right. who they are. Like I had to figure out, oh, this is Billy and this is Jazz and this is uh-huh. you know based on the the context of of the story, and uh, and and so that was interesting and, and sort of fun, and it was just really cool to read. And I I hope. That it gets made, of know? course, and and if it does, there will be a a subtitled version for English viewers. Nice, uh, which I look forward to, uh, and we'll keep you up to date. You know, right now this is where we are. I read the screenplay, I liked it, and now I wait to see if they're actually going to make it. Yep. Well, congrats. That's so cool. Thank you. Thank you. And then there's one other book that came out at in end of 2018. Right. Right. Um, since our last podcast. Yeah, that I wanted to highlight because. Um, a, it's a super cool book. B, as you know, because you were with me, I sobbed multiple times when I watched Avengers Endgame. Yes. This and is true, people. This is the true. Woman, the woman who, when we first started dating, thought the X-Men were from outer space because they had superpowers. This is literally Barry's favorite story. <laughs> this is and my it's favorite true. story. As we were walking to see the X-Men, yeah. I was like, so they're aliens, right? And I was dead serious. Yeah. Um, I've come a long way. You have. Listen, you have. I had no choice being married to you <laughs> than to like sort of hop on board as best I could yeah. with the comic book world. Um, but anyway, you got to write the Thanos book. The origin of Thanos. Yeah. It came out in November. Right. Um, which means by my count, you're now, you've written, written or will write seven books that are directly about Famous comic book characters. You're wrong. Oh my God. How many more? Eight. Eight. I wrote Wolverine, Wolverine. a million years yes. ago. I wrote okay. Wolverine, yeah. So six flash books, Wolverine and Thanos. And Thanos, yeah. How does that feel? I, you're someone who, I mean, your bio for, your official bio for a really long time was recovering comic book geek. Yeah. And like, now you are literally creating original stories about these comic characters. It, it's strange because I, I never would have imagined writing prose about any of these characters. Mm. I always wanted to write comic books about them. I still do. Yeah. Call me. Call me DC. <laughs> call me Marvel. I'll do it. I work cheap. Um, and, and it's funny because today, before we started recording, you were putting our daughter to bed. And I purely by accident stumbled upon an old interview of mine okay. um, talking about Wolverine, uh-huh. my, my Wolverine book. And one of the things I talked about in it was there aren't a lot of superhero novels. And let's face it, we could probably count the good ones on the fingers of one hand. Uh-huh. And now here I am writing, writing superhero some, novels yeah. and I hope that they're good ones. Amazing. So it's a weird mutant hand with like eight fingers on it. Yeah. Um, it's a strange feeling, you know. It, it is funny though. Friends of mine who are in the comic book industry who know how much this means to me have said to me recently, "That's great. I'm happy for you, but write something of your own next." Mm. And and that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, the, this this new YA project that I've got going that I'm sure. working on right now is my own creation entirely. And it is. It's very easy to get sucked into writing other people's characters, yeah. but then you don't own anything. Yeah. And, and that's okay. Like I knew that when I signed up, sure. you know, um, Marvel studios owns my Thanos book. They yeah. can do whatever the hell they, they could make a movie out of it and it could make $10 billion and they would not owe me a dime. Wow. I don't even think they'd have to put my name on it. 
Wow. I'm not sure, but I think there's a chance they wouldn't even have to put my name on it. So, but you know that when you go into yeah. it and you do yeah. it because you figure it'll be fun. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and, and usually it is, it, it <laughs> usually is there, there's some element of fun to it at least. Um, but I, you know, I'm definitely going to work on something my own now. Yeah. Cool. That is it for this episode. We will be back in two weeks. We swear. We pr- pinky swear. Seriously. We're really excited, honestly. Seriously. We're very excited to do this again. She's home all day. We have nothing we have else to do. Literally nothing else yeah. to do. I'm writing. And listen, I need everything I can get to procrastinate from doing more writing. Exactly. Already. See? It's been like four weeks. Yep. So we'll be back in two weeks. Until then, follow us at WIRL Podcast on Twitter. Uh, visit us at writingyourreallife.com. Leave some comments or use the contact form to tell us what we should talk about or tell us how we're crazy and don't know what we're talking about. And most important of all, go leave a five-star review on iTunes. (laughs) Some things never change. That is it. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye.